What is going on, everybody? Welcome into the Quick Out Fantasy Football Podcast and live stream here. John and Pemba with Andrew Cooper on the Better Sports Network and Fantasy Alarm social channels today, Coop. You and I are going to be breaking down some dynasty fantasy football rankings, some positional rankings, a little reaction to the NFL draft, and we'll recap our staff best ball draft that we did over on Underdog Fantasy on Monday, our post-NFL draft draft best ball draft on uh, underdog fantasy there uh you see the little promo code there with the qr on the screen if you haven't yet already signed up for underdog fantasy go ahead scan that qr code or go to fantasyalarm.com slash underdog fantasy use promo code fantasy alarm get a 100 percent deposit match up to 100 dollars. you can start partaking in some of these best ball drafts that coop myself and the rest of the fantasy alarm and better sports family are going to partaking in uh over these next few months uh coop it's been a pretty busy last couple of days for everybody here following that draft huh yeah, it's been wild. And that's the thing is that right now we're doing one show a week. Hopefully we get closer to the season. We're going to do more. But that's the thing is we have people that want Dynasty stuff. We have people that don't care about Dynasty. They're getting into best ball season. We're yep. going to try and give you the best of both worlds. Half hour here. We're going to talk about the rookie rankings. We're going to do like a quick first round. Uh, we'll do super flex, tight end premium just to cover everything. And uh, we'll do a quick John will pick one. I'll pick one all the way down. Uh, and then after that, we're going to look at an actual best ball draft we did with the Fantasy Alarm staff. So pretty sharp crew and servo. Uh, and so we're going to go through that, and then we'll give you uh, some information there. So a little bit of something for everybody today, Johnny. Yeah, we've got a couple articles been released these last few days, and you'll have a few more coming out over the next couple here, breaking down your Dynasty Fantasy Football positional rookie rankings here, Coop. We've had wide receivers and running backs uh, posted so far over in Fantasy Alarm. You can find it there. You can go over the Reddit files there and go go find Coop in the in the Reddit dungeons, uh, talking up some dynasty rookie rankings for everybody out there as well. Uh, why don't we dive into some of the things you got out there already, man? Uh, the the running back article was dropped today. Surprise to nobody, Bijan Robinson is your number one uh, dynasty rookie running back. Uh, we kind of expected him to land with Atlanta during the NFL draft. All the Vegas odds were landing in that direction as well uh finally official pick made he is in atlanta what are your reactions to Bijan now uh, as a falcon yeah man uh some people like say what you will about whether you like the pick i truly understand from a real life nfl standpoint people say eight is too early for a running back they have a short shelf life uh you know with the, you have to pick up their fifth year option it doesn't give you the as much value when you pick up that fifth year option but this guy is a super mega star and he landed in a spot where they love to run the football uh, he's going to have plenty of opportunity to catch passes as well. They have all these other guys. I mean, it's like, think about this team is so built to run the football. Not only did they bring back Chris Lindstrom, Caleb McGarry, they brought back Keith Smith, the fullback, traded for Johnny Smith. But the two guys that are probably going to play most of the snaps at wide receiver, Kyle Pitts and Drake London, are also monsters. Like those right. guys, that, that's the beauty of having guys that are 6'4, 6'6. These guys, this isn't Rondell Moore out there trying to block. Like these guys are going to burying safeties. So I think Bijan could have a historic season. I'm taking him great. I well, we'll talk about it later with the best ball draft. You'll see where I took him in that. But yeah, Bijan's my one overall in every format, including yeah. including Superflex, honestly. Like it's he's just that good. Uh so quick rundown of these uh and where I kind of feel good about them. Bijan, feel very good about. The next two guys, Jameer Gibbs and Zach Charbonnet, I kind of did some soul searching, uh, posted a video on this, but I thought about Alvin Kamara and how he was a third round pick drafted to a backfield that had Mark Ingram and Mark Ingram was great at the time and Adrian Peterson. That first year, Mark Ingram was the RB6. Like he was mm -hmm. excellent. 1500 yards from scrimmage. 
even then, Alvin Kamara had the talent. He finished RB3. These two guys, I think they're good enough that I'm willing to still go very high on them. So the Bijan Robinson tier of his own. Uh, I still have Jameer Gibbs and Zach Charbonnet pretty high, John. I'm not, are you scared away by the landing spot situation no. here? Yeah. Me. I know listen, Jameer Gibbs, to me, now think about what's going on in Detroit and who who's really there. Um, you know, they moved on from Swift. I know that they have uh, Montgomery there, but, uh, you know, to me, Gibbs is the more explosive player. They're, I think he fits maybe their system a little bit better. Uh, he has that versatility, has that quickness. So I, I'm not really worried about him coming in and being a guy that doesn't get the workload. Uh, I don't think you use a first-round pick like they did uh, on Gibbs without intending on featuring him in their offense. And listen, it was never a production if you, issue with Swift. It was a health issue. Right. If Jameer Gibbs is healthy, or then DeAndre Swift is, and slots into that offense the way they wanted to use Swift, and they use Montgomery maybe more in this bulldozer back role that we saw Williams in, but maybe they use Williams last year that much because there was no Swift. Gibbs could be a pretty strong fantasy asset. So now I am not scared off of Gibbs. Uh, the Charbonnet thing, of course, that one's a little bit more concerning because they just used a draft pick last year on a rookie Kenneth Walker who looked great. Um, it, it's not as if, you know, Tyler Algier was a six round pick and everybody's like, well, why would they draft Bijan Robinson when Algier had a good rookie year? because he was like a fifth or sixth round pick. There's no draft capital investment. Right. They used, they used an early round pick on Walker last year, and he was good. So that one I'm a little bit more concerned about uh, when it comes to like how he fits and what his role could be, because there is a back there that is seemingly more capable or as capable. So, um, but Gibbs for me is, 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 I am not afraid of that at all. Yeah, with Charbonnet though, from the early going, uh, you can get a read from Pete Carroll's comments on he was like uh we love this guy for his pass catching ability and he's gonna do battle with charbonnet for that role and then he basically said you know we think sharp still catch the ball pretty well so he might he might keep that role anyway but that is where uh sorry kenneth walker catch the ball yeah. pretty well that is where kenneth walker struggled a little bit last year so i think that it to me it seems pretty clear kenneth walker is going to be the starter zach charbonnet is going to mix in on third downs to start and that's exactly what uh, how it started for alvin kamara they, you know, they mixed him in on those plays. He proved that he deserves to play a lot. And we've seen time, you know, a few different times where teams have had multiple first round RBs. It doesn't happen all the time, but James White was an RB one at times. Yeah. Uh, Tevin, Tevin Coleman and uh, Devonta Freeman. So uh, we've, I've seen it before. It's very possible. So I'm sticking with that. The next yeah, tier it's here. It's funny because the size for Charbonnet is much bigger than Walker is, right? So to think of right. him as like the, the third down change of pace guy, it almost feels like those roles would be reversed a little bit. Um, you know, but to your point, like Adrian Peterson was kind of on his way down. Ingram, we know, was, uh, was in the middle of his career there. Kamara certainly had a, a – it felt like a, a clearer path to being the guy once he kind of showed that. I think it's going to be pretty competitive for Walker and Charbonnet this year. So um, maybe maybe we'll be wrong. We've seen Pete Carroll uh, sign Matt Flynn and then decide, you know what, that's fine. We paid you all that money to be on the bench. We're going to go with Russell Wilson. He's the better player here. Charbonnet could go into camp, look better than Walker, and, and that's the guy, and there they go. Yeah, I mean, look at the Patriots. They drafted Sony Michelle in the first round, which mean he has, means he had a fifth-round option. Then they drafted Damian Harris the very next round, meaning that his rookie contract overlapped with Sony Michelle's if they wanted to pick up that option. Damian Harris still emerged. And then they drafted Ramondre Stevenson right on top of that, and Ramondre Stevenson still emerged. So yeah. I think that there's possibility that, you know, uh, if they end up with two very, really good backs, maybe sometimes you trade one. Anyway, mm -hmm. we got – we got 
20 more minutes to cover Dynasty. We had to move on here. Devin yeah. A-Chain, we love his speed. I think he's going to be a Raheem Mostert replacement. The size is the question, so not sure if he's going to get a full workload. That's why he's kind of in this next tier for me. You have the Bijan tier, Gibbs and Charbonnet. Then I go A-Chain. Next, Kendra Miller. Uh, did He had two visits with the Patriots. They, uh, they liked his skill set. Ended up with New Orleans. And, uh, you know, he's 20 years old, not even 21 yet. And the two backs they have there, Alvin Kamara and Jamal Williams, will both be 28 going into the season. Uh, could be a suspension for Alvin, so he could play right away. Uh, and then the last guy I put in this group is Tajay Spears. And I got to ask you, John, we've played this game before. We've played the game of Derrick Henry is getting too old, yeah. you know, or they're going to bring in a back that will catch passes to compliment him. Are we playing it again with uh, Spears, John? Yeah, I mean, I guess the problem again here I have is like the spear size. He's not a he's not a backup to Henry when it comes to the style of offense that they're, they're going to want to run, right? He's 5'9", 185, right? That's not Derrick Henry 6'4", 240, you know, right? Bulldozer. Right. So, you know, my issues with with the running backs in Tennessee behind Derrick Henry this past few years is that nobody's really been. Uh, uh, someone that I could be like, all right, this is the clear handcuff to Derrick Henry. Something goes down to Derrick Henry. I, I don't think we have those answers um, necessarily. So uh, sure, they drafted Spears. I, I think that they're going to probably profile him a little bit more as a uh, a guy that can, you know, maybe catch the ball a little bit. Like they have a lot of those smaller backs that they've taken in the past few years to be behind um, Henry. But there's a reason why those guys don't stick and they keep trying to draft these you know, these, these running backs behind Derrick Henry. Um, I'm not totally convinced that Spears is an impact player, um, you know, this season for me. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, we see you guys in the chat, meet mansion, the crew. We're going to answer those questions. I see a couple of questions on wide receivers. We're going to get to wide receivers next. Um, yeah. So I feel where are they? Are they over on, uh, there, those are on the app. Yeah. We're trying to figure out a way to get it integrated with the YouTube question. So, uh, I'll call out any good ones over there. Sure. Uh, so, uh, yeah, he said Zach Sauvignon Blanc, which is a, a, a great comment. Yeah. Uh, yes. So Zach glass of Charbonnet. Uh, so, okay. Yeah. We have next after that Roshan Johnson. I like the player. Uh, he's kind of a mystery box because he was behind Bijan Robinson at Texas. But, uh, the problem for me is he goes to the bears where they plan to have a mobile quarterback in Justin Fields moving forward. We saw mathematically that mobile quarterbacks do not target the running back as much as their pocket passing counterparts. I mean, the Lufa Bears, agrees with you too, man. She's just really worried her. about yeah, Roshan Johnson there in, she's in, in Chicago, man. She's good. Uh, she, she, I, I mean, I don't know. Do you think she's saying that Roshan's got that dog in him? I I, it's I very possible. Be, He's a yeah. between the tackles guy, right? A lot of power in, in that system. And sometimes like you need that a little bit when you have, uh, you know, the mo mobile quarterbacks, uh, you know, you want a guy that can sort of complement that speed and and defenses the way they kind of have to soften up a little bit and worry about the edges. And you get a power back like Johnson that can kind of run up there in a soft middle and maybe break some runs there. So I took him in our best ball draft. I took him later in the rounds, obviously, um, you know, where he's going in, in best ball. But, you know, for me, uh, just sort of looking at the competition there, Dante Foreman's been good, right? But he's not a guy that should ever like be a blocker for a, for a job. Right. So, you know, I think the fact that you look at the running back situation there in Chicago, the running backs that they have Khalil Herbert has had opportunities to be the lead back. He's looked good in some matchups. Hasn't looked so great. Other times when Montgomery would be healthy, they would go right back to Montgomery. Montgomery's not there anymore. Herbert is there. 
but they go in, they signed out the foreman, they they draft Roshan Johnson. So like, does that is that a tell on what they ultimately think of Khalil Herbert here? So you know, to me, I think if you're drafting this a running back in this system, Roshan sort of makes the most sense to me. Um, just kind of given the situation that there's there in in Chicago. But to your point, the running back, you know, Justin Fields is is a, an elite mobile quarterback. You know, touchdowns could go his way running wise. The yardage could go their way. Not everybody's going to be Miles Sanders, right? Who ran for a monster season with all those touchdowns uh, with Jalen Hurts. I don't know if that's necessarily what we're going to see out of the backfield in Chicago. You're, you're muted up, Coop. Muted up because the dog is barking. Meanwhile, Jayla, uh, Jalen Hurts has the most rushing touchdowns of any play over the last two years with like 28. So that, right. that's a concern there. Uh, let's wrap this uh, this position up. Chase Brown. We liked the player, didn't go very early, ended up going to the Bengals, uh, could take over eventually, but uh, the Zach Taylor basically reiterated that Joe Mixon's going to be there, so he's going to wait a little bit. Evan Hull is basically a pure pass-catching back, goes to the Colts, which now is not a good spot for pass-catching backs with Anthony Richardson. Izzy Abanacanda, uh, you know, we liked him, but ended up – Bad landing spot for him. Too, yeah, yeah, bad landing spot. And then, you know, the rest of these guys, Zach Evans, Dwayne McBride, Deuce Vaughn, Eric Gray, facing pretty uphill battles. The starting spots. So let's yeah. move over to wide receiver. Uh, a lot, you know, it was, it kind of went the way we thought and also not exactly. I mean, four guys back to back in the first round. Right. Uh, the guys that we liked, like it ended up being a lot of the guys that we do like, but did not expect that happening. Uh, yeah, not John, only that, did they not expect it to happen? They went in landing spots we weren't expecting them to go to, right? Jackson Smith and Jigba goes to Seattle. Right. They did not expect him to have to deal with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, right? Four targets. Uh, Jordan Addison goes to Minnesota. Now he's got to deal with Hawkinson and uh, and Justin Jefferson. You know, who forgetting the best wide receiver in football right now. Um, so like you know, Quentin Johnson goes to the Chargers. Didn't expect him to have to deal with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. So a lot of these top guys all of a sudden now have legitimate competition for not just number one targets but number two targets on their team as well. Yeah, so Jackson Smith and Jigba, I still like him number one for Dynasty. For redraft or best ball, I actually might consider people that have the opportunity. Like Jordan Addison probably has an easier path to a full-time snap share at the very least. I think JSN probably ends up playing slot early with uh, Metcalf and Lockett playing full-time snap share. So like it, it, I rank them JSN, Jordan Addison, Quinton Johnston, Zay Flowers for Dynasty. But in redraft or best ball, I might go for Jordan Addison or Zay Flowers based on opportunity. That's where we're at. Yeah. I think a lot of people have some combination of those four as their top guys. The question is what happens next? For me, I like the a guy that we liked pre-draft, Jonathan Mingo. I have him at five. Uh, that's the one ranking out of this crew that I've gotten some pushback. Some people say that he doesn't really separate well. He only got drafted because he he's one of the few bigger guys here. On the flip side, there's a number of people like myself that that like that profile, that like that style of play, and that think that he can, uh, you know, get in with Bryce Young, the number one overall pick, right away, and be a guy that produces yep. right away. And now he's in an amazing situation. One, where, one of my favorite spots for that yeah. reason, exactly. Listen, you get a rookie quarterback. He's got to go through rookie training camp. He's got to go through rookie mini camp. He's got through all of these things. And right next to him is going to be their second round wide receiver that they drafted, the 6'2, 220 pound guy who ran a 445. And you tweeted out earlier today uh, about Steve Smith Sr., uh, you know, producing content and now and, and commenting about how much he likes uh, this kid. And I don't think that can go understated. It's sort of that chemistry that these guys can develop. What was one of the things we talked about with Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney? Why did we, why did they have that connection? Because Mooney was with him, Fields running 
hundreds of routes, understanding each other, figuring out, getting that chemistry. And then as soon as it was Fields' time, Allen Robinson was dust, and it was all Darnell Mooney because they had that connection. Mingo and, and Young might be roommates at this point, right? Just like getting each other to go. And then you look at the, the Carolina Panthers offense. You took Adam Thielen in that draft. I Right after you, I took Jonathan Mingo, one, two there. There's no real competition for Mingo. If he goes out there and outplays DJ Chark or outplays Adam Thielen or whoever, for, I know they play different spots in the offense, but like there's a real opportunity for Mingo and Young just to meld together and be that spot. Yeah, absolutely. So Mingo, I'm in on people. Some people out there, I'd love to hear uh, in the comments or you know hit me up on Twitter. Let me know why that's a terrible pick. I like him at five. After that, Jaden Reed. Uh, for me, I personally, I look at, I'm a numbers guy, right? I look at the hit rate of guys in the second and third round wide receivers versus fourth, fifth, and sixth. And I really have a hard time ranking very many guys from the fourth, fifth, from the day three over the second day guys. So mm-hmm. my next group of rankings is going to be uh, Jaden Reed, a guy who uh, Austin from campus to can, he was a flag plant guy for him. So getting second round draft capital to the Packers where there are targets available, I really, uh, I, you know, I appreciate his input. I like that spot a lot. Marvin yeah. Mitt. Yeah, Marvin Mims, another guy that I put in this tier. This tier for me is three guys. Jaden Reed, Marvin Mims, Josh Downs. Those are the guys. I trust the talent for evaluation for Josh Downs. Marvin Mims, this is a new regime. One of their first picks took him in the second round. I know it's crowded right now, but uh, there were already rumors about them moving some of those pass catchers. So I think with a guy like that, you trust the capital, you trust Sean Payton and, uh, and go for him. What do you think, John? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I actually kind of kind of interested in you know, Howard Bender, took this player. He's, he's talked about him a little bit. And then Britt Flynn does her best ball article today, earlier today, uh, cover that it was uh rice going to Kansas city. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know he, you have him in sort of like, right. your next tier below uh, when you're looking at offenses and where there's paths to playing time, right? Like, yeah, Kadarius Tony's there. Sure. They took sky Moore last year. We know Travis Kelsey is the number one, but there's no like Tyree kill. There's no, you know, Marcus Valdez handling isn't really holding anybody back if he's still in Kansas City, right? Like, so there's a path, I think, in Kansas City for somebody to jump up and be that number one guy. And we know Patrick Holmes doesn't discriminate. He's thrown to Justin Watson for crying out loud last season, much to our frustration. So, um, you know, maybe Rice is someone that comes in here and, and steps in. The problem with the the Dustin doesn't discriminate is that he really does spread the ball around a lot. And you hear the uh, Chiefs brass talk about uh, Rushy Rice, and they're like, yeah, he can do a lot of the things that Juju Smith-Schuster does, which sounds like they want him to try and replace the production of Juju Smith-Schuster. And I look at that and wasn't amazing. I mean, it was a lot of low A-dot stuff. At times, he got a decent amount of targets. But he was banged up last year, too. Yeah, I, I, don't know how I guess much that's that true. Had to, I don't know how much that had to impact um, what maybe he was capable of doing on the field, his separation um, you know, with the injury there. So yeah, I, I would at least keep that in the back of my mind when sort of evaluating the Juju season. Yeah, and the thing with that's so tough about this range, right, is that like you only get so many rookie picks. Unless you traded away everything and you have like the whole draft, you only get to pick one guy. So just the nature of me ranking Josh Downs ahead of Rashi Rice means I'm probably not going to get a lot of Rashi Rice. Right. And, you know, that's fine with me because that's my move. If you look at my rankings and you say, hey, you know what? I'm taking the second round pick, Rashi Rice, over Josh Downs. I'd say, you know what? Absolutely. Go right ahead. Like pick the guys that you want. So never look at somebody else's rankings and say, 
that's I have to draft it that way. If you don't care about anybody, then sure, go off my rankings. But I have no problem in this range if you say, hey, you know what? I like this guy a little better because just that small spot, that small flip, that that determines who you're going to get in your draft. Yeah. So uh, make sure you're very uh, very cognizant of that with the rankings. Is that like sometimes, and this is why I, I don't like when people go way against the green with their rankings, right? Like if you have somebody out there that says, I have Jalen Hyatt at third overall behind – uh, you know, behind uh, B. John Robinson and Jameer Gibbs, right? You rank you rank Jalen Hyatt third overall. Anybody that's following those rankings is going to have Jalen Hyatt in every single, right. week, whether they pick at three, whether they pick at nine, right? Like that's the one guy they're taking out six, five, eight. So be careful. That's I, I don't love the, that idea unless you really truly are sure. You, you know? haven't mentioned Jalen Hyatt yet. Obviously, he gets taken third round by the Giants. He was the Blitnikov Award winner here. Um, you know, what are your thoughts? You did the, the, the YouTube short you can go find over at Fantasy Stone, kind of discussing past Blitnikoff winners here, and two of them are in this draft. Uh, draft class, Addison, and then Hyatt, but you have them very different in where they're ranked. You know, what are your thoughts on Hyatt's landing spot? The reason I have him here is I think the rest of these guys are fairly safe. Like, I look at Josh Downs, and I'm like, this is a, he's a slot monster. He's going to play slot. He's going to contribute. Jalen Hyatt, my concern is that he's a, a speedster. And I was worried that a team might use him as a field stretcher, which unless you're going to be dynamic, like Tyreek Hill and actually develop all these extra routes, uh, T.Y. Hillen's example of a field stretcher that developed enough routes to be fantasy relevant. Yeah. If he goes to this team and they have all these slot guys and Darren Waller, I worry that they might just use him to take the top off like Tyquan Thornton with the Patriots last year, or like KJ Hamler and KJ Hamler was a second round pick. And he's a, a player that helps that team because he takes the top off, but He's is he doing anything fancy? Not really. That's the right. downside. The upside is that he was the best wide receiver, you know, uh, according to the people that vote in all of college football last year. So that's why I have him here. After the guys I feel are safe, I'm willing to take a stab on Jalen Hyatt. And then we get into this next group where I'm not, I think they're risky and and I'm not sure about the upside. So Jalen Hyatt to me is kind of in a tier of his own. Okay. Yeah, that's that's totally fine. Uh, any other guys as you move down, you don't have to go through the whole list here. You can find that uh, over on Fantasy Alarm. Any other notables or like spotlights you want to have uh, yeah. when it comes to these wide receivers? There are. So so I'm taking, personally, I'm taking the, the rest of the guys that went in the third round. So Tank Tell, Cedric Tillman, Michael Wilson going to the Cardinals where they potentially could be trading DeAndre Hopkins and uh, Zach Ertz could start the season banged up. He could get targets right away. So I'm taking all the, the day one and two guys first. And then you kind of just have to pick from the day three guys because we're talking about now you're getting into the third round of your rookie draft. You can just get to pick one of these guys. The guys I like are, uh, I like Puka Nakua. I've, I I liked his profile coming in. He basically led, uh, he was like second of all wide receiver in yards per route run his senior year, which is what we like to see. Uh, I like Tyler Scott. He's a, he's a pretty solid player. And then um, I'm willing to take a stab on Kayshawn uh, Pute based on, uh, how the Patriots do use players like that. If Juju isn't the long-term answer, maybe he he takes that role. But after that, you're just kind of throwing darts. Xavier Hutchinson, interesting a little bit. But let's move on to the QBs and, uh, yeah. and tight ends, and then we'll do a quick uh, first round. Knock. Sure. Uh, you have Anthony Richardson as your number one quarterback here, Dynasty Rankings. I have to assume that is just the rushing upside that he brings to the table, the athleticism. And, and when you're talking ultimate ceilings, probably the reason you got him one, right? There's two schools of thought, John. There's a school of thought of it doesn't matter if they if they don't uh, if they aren't a a full time quarterback. In sure. which case, if that's your if that's your thought process, then you take Bryce Young because he's the one that's most like virtually guaranteed to have a job and be the starter long term. 
in my opinion, uh, or CJ Stroud as well. But and then there's a school of thought that says the hit rate on quarterbacks in the first round, even at the very top, is still only like 50%. I might as well shoot for the highest upside, in which case you take Anthony Richardson. That's kind of my school of thought. So I have Richardson at one. If you want to take Bryce Young because you're a conservative type player or it's a super flex league and all you care about is getting starters, then maybe you take one of the other guys. But I have Richardson at one, John. What are, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, listen, again, I, I understand where you're coming from here. And I've always been of the school of thought when it comes to drafting my quarterbacks is that I want a guy that has that mobility for, right. And, and because that just increases his ceiling. If he develops into a, a good passer, not even a great passer, just a good passer. And he runs for 800 yards in uh, five plus touchdowns. He's your QB one, right? Like we just saw that out of Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts had a good passing year. He didn't have a great passing year. He had a good passing year. Uh, but he had an elite rushing year. Daniel Jones didn't have a good passing year, but he had a great running year, you know, and, and that allowed him to be a top 10 quarterback. We've seen that with Lamar Jackson. We've seen that with Kyler Murray. You know, these guys with that mobility, they don't have to have great passing years to have great fantasy QB years because of their mobility. So um, it's not to say Young and Stroud don't have some mobility to them, but, you know, Richardson has that thousand yard cam newton type you know not to make the comparison but the comparison the cam newton level level of of running ability so uh makes complete sense to me to want to take that that chance there on richardson if you want to be safer you probably take the quarterbacks below him but you know if you're going upside especially if you're in a dynasty super flex league right like that's a league potential winning pick that you're making Exactly. And I rank these guys all the way out to 14 for the article. Check it out over on Fantasy Alarm. Uh, it's going to be up. That one is going to be up shortly. The RBs and wide receivers are up. The yeah. QB one goes up today. Um, so I have Richardson, Bryce Young, Stroud. They are went all within the top four picks. They're kind of in their own group. Then I have Will Levis. Uh, he To me, he's a Jay Cutler type guy. That, you know, maybe have some attitude issues, some mechanic issues, but Jay Cutler played for a long time, even without fixing these mechanics, just right. huck, chucking it off his back foot. So uh, he's got opportunity. We like Kenyon Hooker. He went in the third round. After that, you have to just take, if you're going to in Superflex, uh, go for anybody. You just have to take a stab on somebody you think that can play at some point. For me, I like the idea of taking a stab on Clayton Toon. And the thought process there is that he got drafted by the Cardinals. It's a new regime. You know, they didn't go crazy reaching for him they took him in the fifth but if he can win that backup job we've heard that kyle murray is going to miss up to half the season in right. superflex if you can get a guy from day three that plays at all you might be able to flip that guy or even use the guy so right. that, that that's what i'm doing it, at that point like it's so like you're splitting hairs between the fourth and fifth and sixth round guys i don't really care i'm going to take the guy that might start and the other part of it is that roster spots are so valuable in these leagues I'll take Clayton Toon, and if he doesn't earn that starting job week one, drop City. I'll just yeah, drop him. The draft, I'll, the draft capital investment you're going to have to put on him isn't going to be all that crazy anyway. So exactly, you know, and yeah, it, 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 you, know, you can you can get the answers right away. Do they think he's good enough to play ball? Turns out he doesn't by week one, and they're starting Colt McCoy. Good. Yeah, See you, you, talk, you talk the strategy all the time. Lottery tickets versus scratch tickets, right? Scratch ticket. Yeah, and that, that's what this is. This is a scratch ticket. You scratch it right away. You know, if you won, if you didn't, you throw it away. If you did, cash it in. So it's, instead of sitting with Stenson, Stetson Bennett on my bench for like three <laughs> years and he never plays and I drop him when he's like 28 years old, you know, like mm -hmm. and without ever playing. It's just like I, that doesn't appeal to me in the least bit. So yep. uh, let, let's move on to tight uh, tight end. Then we'll do a quick uh, a quick first round. Sure. Uh, go ahead. I mean, Dalton Kincaid, uh, first right. round pick here. 
Uh, and then, you know, we, we talked about this tight end class and we talked about Vegas odds and they thought there'd be a few tight ends going in the first round. We ended up getting three in the second, one in the first. You're the tight end guru, man. Break it down for us. And we got even more in the oh, second. Yeah, five, Actually, right, yeah, five, five in the second. Right. In the second there's round, there's yeah. three I like in the second. So yeah. for me, uh, Dalton Kincaid in the first round to go to the Bills to basically be the Bills slot wide receiver. That's a wheels up situation for fantasy football. It's one it could be one of the few guys that has fantasy relevance as a rookie. So pretty interesting there. Uh, the next guy is a guy that no secret that I was a huge fan of this offseason. So when he went in the second round before Michael Mayer, I had to put Sam Laporta as my tight end too. If you want to have Michael Mayer as yours because you think that he can be, you know, he's going to be a, a long-term starter and uh, you like the the safety of having a two-way tight end, go for it. But Sam Laporta for me is a guy that could uh, play wide receiver immediately for the Lions right. with Jamison Williams suspended, right? So it's like Marvin Jones, uh, Amon Rossi Brown, Sam Laporta. Laporta could be lining up out wide, split out wide in the slot uh, all over the place. So I'm really excited about that guy. We talked about them needing to find a Hawkinson replacement because they had a zero basically a tight end last year except for that random like Zilstra like three touchdown game or whatever it was. But uh, yeah, Laporta definitely a very interesting spot there for him now. For sure. And then the, the, for like, everyone's talking about how great this tight end class is and how awesome it is, but it's a great NFL tight end class. Some of these guys, I'm just not super excited for, for fantasy. Then there's basically four that I really like um, for, for fantasy in dynasty and for short term. And Luke Musgrave, because he was a bit of a wild card, like complete wild card, you know, a skier that didn't really play a lot in college because he got hurt. Uh, but him going to pick 42 in the second round to the Packers, which is the landing spot that has the most available targets, a new young QB that's going to pick who his favorite targets are, that's appealing to me. So I'm taking Luke Musgrave there. And right after Luke Musgrave in my rankings, I actually have the other tight end that the Packers took, Tucker Kraft. We've seen this in the past where – the uh, the Baltimore Ravens went and they took Hayden Hurst in the first round, and then they took Mark Andrews. And Hayden Hurst on paper was the more athletic tight end, just like Luke Musgrave. He was also a bit of a wild card because he went and played minor league baseball for the Pirates, right? And it was just like, they were like, hey, let's take a shot on this crazy athletic guy, and then we'll take another guy after, see who wins the job. Well, we all know who how that went. So right. I like the idea of Musgrave first, just like I originally had Hayden Hurst ahead of Mark Andrews. But I think it's worth taking a stab on Tucker Craft if you have a spot just to see how it pans out. We've seen it before with like, I mean, Vernon, the San Francisco 49ers took Vernon Davis and Delaney Walker in the same draft. Vernon Davis was good, started for a long time. Delaney Walker was buried for years, but yeah. it turns out Delaney Walker also very good at 30 years old was a top five tight end. So that's where I'm at. After that, I'm just going after uh, the athletic guys. So I'm actually skipping guys like Luke. Schoonmaker, who only broke two tackles in college, didn't really show us a whole lot. Brenton Strange, uh, you know, more of a blocking tight end for Penn State. He's, to me, like more of a Drew Sample type guy who also got drafted in the second round, just not going there. Give me uh, Josh Wiley next and Will Mallory next. Give me these guys that have the crazy athletic profiles next. Uh, personally, I'm probably not even drafting a lot of tight ends. After those top four, I'll probably just wait and then right. pick guys off waivers and throw them on my taxi squad. So that's how that shook out for us. Um, Anybody else notable you wanted to mention, John? Just anybody? Yeah, I mean, just we talked a lot about Darnell Washington falling during yeah. the draft. Um, you know, had the knee, maybe the knee worry. That's what people are talking about. But then there were reports coming out that 
know, maybe he was a little uh, overblown that that the knee was a problem, and that's why he fell. He ends up landing. Um, it was it Pittsburgh, right? Was the, was the landing spot for him? Yeah, yeah, it's so, brutal, yeah brutal spot. Brutal yeah, spot. So I mean, like, it, if he's healthy, he's a very interesting red zone play. Like, I have to imagine they look at his size and when they get in the red area. They're like, all right, this guy's an absolute monster. Like, we can just have him box somebody out and just throw jump balls to him and and utilize that. Or to your point he maybe profiles better as a blocker in the NFL. And now all of a sudden he's blowing up guys on the edge for Najee Harris or somebody to run behind. So he's an interesting red zone player for me from, uh, from both of those perspectives, but we have to see how many times Pittsburgh actually gets in the red zone. So Yeah. I'm thinking more of like a, a best ball type guy because of that. I mean, we've seen it with Donald Parham, who's also like six, seven. They just in the red zone, like you said, John, they say, Hey, you know what? Just send everybody and chuck it up to this guy if you have to. We've seen it with Dwayne Allen. Remember Dwayne mm-hmm. Allen for the Colts yep. when they had the Colby Fleener, Dwayne Allen, and Dwayne and Dwayne Allen scored with with uh, Andrew Luck, like, like eight touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like the question is when, right? Like you don't yeah. know. And and the the games when he doesn't score a touchdown, he gives you a straight up zero. Right. Yeah. So that's the that's the scary thing with Darnell Washington. Not to mention uh, somebody I forget. It might have been Mike Tomlin said. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this guy had a license plate license plate that said six O lineman on it. Yeah, I don't I don't like the sound of that. Not right. at all. Uh, for the very late guys, we're still stashing Zach Koontz, who went to the Jets. They're one of the taxi squad spot. Elijah Higgins, we didn't like the landing spot to be honest. It's, it, the Dolphins, it just they don't they don't have a spot. They didn't even use Mike Gusecki, so why are they going right. to use Elijah Higgins? But I'm still going to taxi squad him. Uh, but yeah, that's the breakdown there, John. Let's do a quick one round rookie uh, super flex tight end premium draft here. So, John, I'll give you the first pick. You can take the honor. Are we, are we going 10 picks here? Let's do 12. 12, okay. Uh, I mean, I'll just go Bijan first. It feels like that's the the, the obvious selection. Pretty, pretty good pick. And that's the question. You know, some people are going to draft for need. I would not be – I know Felix Sharp of Campus to Canton has been uh, pounding the table, banging the drum that Anthony Richardson should be the one overall in Superflex. Fine. Do what you got to do. If you really desperately need a quarterback, do that. I think Bijan Robinson is the best player, so I'm taking him one. You already took him, so I'll take yeah. Anthony. I'll take Anthony Richardson. Yeah, yeah super flex. Yeah, since it's super flex, I go Bryce Young. I'll take him second, uh, third here. Good. I'll take CJ Stroud, and then we don't have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> okay. Um, so five. Uh, five is when the draft starts. Yeah, five is when the draft starts. Uh, I'll go Jordan Addison. Jordan, I, I see. I love that pick, man. You're gonna take him over Jackson Smith and Jigba. You're going for the the production right away. Yeah, going for the production right away. I, I believe in the quarterback a little bit more as well. I don't know if we can get uh, Gino to to repeat what we got going on there. Yeah, I think it seems pretty clear the target's going to be highly consolidated. CJ KJ Osborne, not. I think he's he's just going to maintain his current role, which he's fine in. And uh, Kevin O'Connell loves his three wide receiver sets, so KJ Osborne will play. 75, 80% of the snaps, but you don't pay for Jordan Addison to not play him right away. He was the sure. 2021 Bolitnikoff winner. So this guy, young breakout age already. So I do love that pick. I'll just take uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba and uh, stash kind of stash him. Hope for that uh, Chris Godwin timeline, maybe a little faster than Chris Godwin. The second. Okay. Um, so then let's see. You said it's item premium. I guess I'll just steal your guy and go Dalton Kincaid. And- oh, you crafty and, dog. And make, and make it make it go there, you know? That's the thing about tight end premium is that um is that you know you if he does play wide receiver for the Bills and he is as good as we think he is, 
you just got a souped up superpower weapon in this format. So pretty good there. Did you take Jordan Addison at five? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I guess in that case, I'll be the one that takes Jameer Gibbs. I, I for a second I thought that Jameer Gibbs had already been taken. I would have taken him over yeah. Jackson Smith and Jigba. So I'll take Jameer Gibbs. Uh, you know, he's a full. I think right even right away in full PPR, he's going to be valuable, especially with the lack of wide receivers they're going to have with Jamison Williams out to start the season. Jameer mm-hmm. Gibbs right away, I think, is going to be productive sooner than people think. So I'll take Jameer Gibbs there. Um, all right, I'll go. I'll go Zay Flowers. I think he has a better chance to produce this year. Yeah, I mean, with the Todd Munkin air raid offense, he's going to be in that mix right away. Uh, so they need three to four wide receivers. Even with Odell and and Bateman, he's going to play right away. So sure. I think that's a pretty good pick. I'm going to go here, and I'm going to take the talent of Zach Charbonnet, even though he's not a – and this is kind of going against how I actually have him ranked. Uh, I, w- I was leaning on Quentin Johnson here. But I like Charbonnet. I already took a guy like JSN that might have to wait a little bit. I like Charbonnet to get that pass catching role right away. If they're splitting it evenly and one guy is going to be the Aaron Jones and one guy is going to be the former Jamal Williams or the AJ Dillon, give me the Aaron Jones. So if Zach Charbonnet is going to get the pass work. That's what I want. Yeah, I like that. And then I'll go, I'll double tap tight end. I'll go Sam LaPorta here. Oh, so you're skipping Quentin Johnson taking the Sam Laporta. You said tight end premium. You're the one setting the rules here. So it is tight end premium, man. And again, he could he could be another guy that just is a wide receiver. You can start at the tight end spot right away. Beautiful thing. I'll take Quentin Johnson. Somebody has to take him. He, you know, went to the Chargers. He might have to wait a little bit with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen there, but he's gonna play. I think he immediately passes Josh Palmer. You don't take a guy in the first round if you're not gonna use him. So that's it. That's our top 12. Uh, pretty solid. Yeah. Gone. All right. Like let's it. talk. Let's talk a little. A uh, little best ball fantasy for everybody. How's that sound, Coop? Yeah. Let's get that up. Dy- right. Everyone's talked dynasty to death. You got your drafts this week. We're gonna have all the articles up. So if you got your draft this weekend, all the articles there with the rankings. I think we're just gonna post the straight rankings as well, John. You yeah, know? we're gonna get the rankings up on site as well. You can go to fantasylearn.com. You can click on the NFL tab. You'll see that drop down there, and you'll have dynasty fantasy football rankings right there for all of you to uh, to take a look at. Those will be up. Uh, Probably a little bit later in the day after the stream, we'll get it all set up and posted for everybody. Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's bring up the draft board here. This is the uh, best ball fantasy football draft that we did uh, the other day. We're live here on the Better Sports Network and Fantasy Alarm social channels. Hopefully you all tuned in. It's just, uh, we drafted, gave our reactions. Uh, Coop here, uh, first round selection. Any surprising to you? I did the draft write-up recap, which you can find over at Fantasy Alarm. Uh, and I noticed... You know, we were a little bit different from what the actual ADPs are uh, right now over an underdog. It's It's been very wide receiver heavy uh, going on. And our first two picks in this draft were wide receivers. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase uh, in total, as you see on the board there. Uh, we had six wide receivers go in the first round. Uh, if you look at current ADPs, I actually think it's like eight wide receivers are going in the first round over at underdog fantasy. Now, three wide receivers, half point PPR over there. Uh, maybe skewing some of that as well. But the years of just like 10 running backs going in the first round, it seems like we're not there anymore. Those were my favorite times in fantasy football. Now, the thing, I guess now it leaves a lot more room for analysis. Back, I can only imagine being a fantasy analyst in like 2002, where you're just like, hey, just draft every, any starting 
running back and you'll be fine. Like even Thomas Jones was running for like 1400 yards. Right. right? So yeah. like, it didn't matter. Right. Like, uh, and, it, and the, and it was so much easier to handcuff back then. It was literally like the chiefs priest Holmes gets every single carry. Larry Johnson gets two. And then if priest Holmes gets hurt, Larry Johnson gets right. 400 carries. Like that was the golden age of handcuffing as well. Now so with the split backfields and stuff, it's kind of a, but you have to make a decision. Like, with the split backfields, there's only so many every down backs. So those go really quickly. So yeah. tough calls. For me personally, I look at this. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, 1-2. Perfect. That's how I would do it. doesn't matter. Uh, I'm not taking Travis Kelsey at three like Servo did. I'm taking Christian McCaffrey. That's my personal. I mean, he was the RB4 on the Panthers during his time there. During his time on the 49ers, he was the RB2. Right. Yeah. This guy's super mega star. That's only behind Austin Eckler. So I'm taking McCaffrey there. I don't know about you, John. Yeah, listen, I you I took McCaffrey one overall in a lot of leagues last year. I yeah, I, I took him over Jonathan Taylor, and uh, I thought I understood the you know quote unquote injury risks, but you and I beat that drum to death. Where we're not sitting here to project injuries. You know, every year a guy gets hurt, a guy doesn't get hurt. McCaffrey stayed relatively healthy. Who got hurt? Jonathan Taylor got hurt. Right, the the the, the, the man who never missed practice all the way going back to you know, peewee football, you know, well, he, he got hurt. So, and I'll give you your flowers on this, John. Somebody has to, I saw you take Austin Eckler over Jonathan Taylor. I think I actually saw you take Austin Eckler first overall in one. I did. did uh, yeah. the, uh, I took him in the Raz Bowl. Yes. Uh, the Raz Bowl. I took Austin Eckler 101. I've taken Austin Eckler 101 in a few BB 10 drafts that we did. And my reasoning was for the same thing that panned out. I'm like, we, he had a what I felt like was a, a down pass catching year two years ago. And I was like, listen, if he just gets back to what he is capable of catching the football, the running and, and his running and touchdowns are kind of, kind of, kind of going to be there for him. Um, but if he increases his PPR value, then he's a surefire number one. That's exactly what happened. So yeah, yeah. listen, I was, I was high on CMC. I was high on, on, um, on Austin Eckler over Jonathan Taylor last year. I took them both. I had no Jonathan Taylor shares. I'm not saying that to be like, ha like right. you, you suckers, you got the injured running back. I just ranked those two running backs higher than Jonathan Taylor. It was part of the process, you know? And the thing is they had Joe Lombardi, this guy like nonstop Joe Lombardi and Sean Payton. I went back to look at some of their other, uh, some of their other years because people are like, oh, well, if you have Austin Eckler, you throw it to him. If you have Alvin Kamara, you throw it to him. I went back to like 2014 where Joe Lombardi was calling the plays for the Lions and Sean Payton was calling the plays for the Saints. Joe Lombardi was second in the league in targets to the running back with 168. Yeah. And Sean Payton was third, throwing to like Pierre Thomas and and you know PT Cruz or those guys. Like Mark, I think Ingram might have been there. Like it didn't matter with him. It didn't, it doesn't matter with these guys. Like that's right. their offense. And that's why this year with, for me personally, Austin Eckler, he's still a first round pick. But with Joe Lombardi gone to the Broncos and Kellen Moore coming in, a guy that likes to push it down the field, and now they have more weapons. I don't know if if uh, Austin Eckler is a hundred target guy, but he's still a guy that's going to get his share of targets. Yeah, no, I, and and it would be dumb to not utilize his best skill set. Now we see coaches be dumb all the time. Uh, let's just hope that this isn't the case, uh, knowing what that offense is. So um, Saquon Barkley in the first round uh, last year, he fell out of it. Bounce back, healthy, look good. Dayball offense here. Do you think that he is someone that may find himself even moving further up uh, the first round as sort of the, the offseason moves? 
Yeah, I think especially once they I think they're going to come to terms on a long term deal, because like right now he's saying that he's not going to play, right. which, you know, feels like an empty threat, but maybe he won't play. Um, and, and you have to have that in the back of your mind. But once he does, I think people are going to get that that warm, fuzzy feeling of like, OK, they believe in this guy long term and he's here. He's here long term and and vibes are good. And he's Saquon Barkley. And and now I wonder if maybe he'll leapfrog Jonathan Taylor. Uh now I took Bijan Robinson as the second running yeah. back off the board. Are you in like are you taking Saquon or, or Bijan? Where are you at, John? Or Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, listen, I probably lean Barkley over the other two again. I worry about Jonathan Taylor because the offense again feels very unknown, right? There's just you know, I, I if if it's bad quarterbacking and their offensive line wasn't that great last year. They were right in the middle of the pack. They, Quentin Nelson had one of his worst seasons that he's had as a pro to this point. Um, you know, it, there's some potential down there, I think, for Jonathan Taylor that I that I worry a little bit about. Bichon sort of is in a similar spot in terms of, like, I wonder how good the offense is going to be, but they had a really good offensive line if you look at PFF rankings last year. Arthur Smith is slowly like bringing together the offense that he ran uh, in Tennessee to the point you mentioned they traded for Johnny Smith. Who was this tight end in Tennessee? It was Johnny Smith, right? So like, you know, they sort of reformulating an offensive plan. They have a, a year two quarterback who has some mobility behind him. You know, I, I think that Bijan Robinson is, is an interesting talent, but he's not one that I think I'm willing to draft ahead of Barkley or even ahead of Austin Eckler personally. So well, then you're never going to get that. Because his ADP right now is RB2 on underdog. Uh, the ADP right now goes uh, it goes McCaffrey, Bijan, RB2, Jonathan Taylor, RB3, Austin Eckler, RB4, Saquon, RB5. So, uh, but, you know, you, you don't have to have Bijan. That's the thing. Yeah. Hey, he, he, I mean, listen, I, I'm going to do a lot of these best drafts. I'll have Bijan exposure. So I feel I feel, in this particular spot, like if I was on the clock and it, this was the only draft I was doing, Bijan would not be my sponge. I, I, I don't want to go out there and be like, I'm not drafting Bijan Robinson at all. There are a lot of people that will be like, well, I wouldn't take him. I have this person ranked. And then you go look at their underdog exposure. It's like, you have 25% Bijan. It's like, well, you know, I got to get my exposure. I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm not drafting Bijan Robinson. But if I was in one draft and I was on the clock and Bijan was there and Barkley was there and Eckler was there, I'm taking the other two backs over Bijan Robinson. Exactly. Yeah. Your big hometown league. Maybe you don't get crazy like that, right. but got to remember this isn't like with Rashad Penny, when he was the first back drafted, that was a different story. He was drafted towards the end of the first round. Yeah. These guys, like when Zeke goes for, and when Saquon goes where he goes, usually it's pretty, pretty safe deal. Oh, yeah. always... He's the, he's for sure going to get all the work. And um, Algier looked good at the end of that year. hundred uh, percent. I just, wonder what the ceiling is to pay off that like what does he have to do to be the rb2 fifth overall pick yeah that i i just don't know right, right. i don't know if, if they're gonna as a rookie if he comes out and, and gives you that monster year like we saw barkley do as a rookie or jonathan taylor once he finally got the the reins handed to him there um you know the second half of that season that's where my worry comes in a little bit with with Bijan, but um, we not I'm not denying the art the talent argument. I think he's an absolute stud. Um, sure. Second, for those, half, well, for for those that are just because we we have it up on the screen here uh, for those that joins us on YouTube for those joining us on the podcast just listening. Here's the first round. It was Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Travis Kelsey, Christian McCaffrey, Bijan Robinson, Tyreek Hill. Those are the top six. 
Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, AJ Brown, Stephon Diggs, Austin Eckler, Cooper Cup. Fairly chalk. Cooper Cup, honestly, in ADP goes oh, earlier. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, and he goes earlier in ADP. And I just, I don't know. But where are you at with Cooper Cup, man? We know he, he's amazing. It, it's a matter of what Matthew he, Stafford He fell like. in our draft. And I, and I think sometimes we talk about this too. When you're drafting sort of with the quote unquote like industries, you get a maybe a better idea of the feel of where players are going. So you look at current underdog ADP and Cooper Cup's the top five pick. You go into sort of an industry draft. And now he's going 12. And does that start to move his ADP back as more content comes out? We all know more content comes out. These like fade draft articles get written. These podcasts, these shows are done. And then we start shaping. I'm not going to say that we're, you know, we, we do a lot, but like we start putting out their content and we move ADPs a little bit, not a ton, but like, you know, if, if you start seeing Cooper cup on a fade list or end of first round list or something like that, uh, maybe his fifth for overall ADP starts to see him move back a couple slots. I'm terrified of Matthew Stafford. I said yeah. that I, last year I was terrified. I had zero shares of Matthew Stafford because of it. Um, I also was a little unsure on Cooper cup because it felt like it would be very difficult for him to repeat the year that he had to be the number one overall pick. And then you add in the fact that Matthew Stafford wasn't throwing. They were giving him arm injections. They were limiting his, his snap counts basically. And then what happened in the regular season, he got in there and he just couldn't throw the football arm was dead. Right. I worry about the arm being shot again here. Cup's coming off of an injury as well. Um, I don't know if Cooper Cup's on my board. I'll let somebody else take that take that play. Exactly. So next round starts with a handful of wide receivers. Devonta Adams, C.D. Lamb, Garrett Wilson, Amon Ross St. Brown, Debo Samuel. I will say this, Amon Ross St. Brown is a very safe pick, but when you're doing these best ball, especially half PPR, best ball drafts, I don't know if his upside is all that great. With his seven-yard dot, he got a ton of targets, 146 targets, still only had 1,161 yards. Guys like A.J. Brown, uh, who you know went in the first round of this one, but guys like that with fewer targets had like 1,500 yards, 1,400 yeah. yards. So uh, just this particular format. If this were full PPR, I have no problem with Almond Ross St. Brown in that group. In the half PPR format, I'm going for higher ADOC guys. I like the CD Lamb and Garrett Wilson picks better. Uh, Debo Samuel, you still in on him with uh, with the changes to that offense and the quarterback questions? I wasn't in on him last year. You and I talked yeah. about that. What do we, what do you you did a great article uh, or it was an article uh, comparing sort of Vegas totals to ADP right. and Debo Samuel was the only wide receiver uh, at that ADP without a thousand yard receiving projection. Right. And they're like, oh, well, he's got the running upside. I'm like, you can't guarantee on the running upside. So now they have Christian McCaffrey. I don't think you can guarantee on that running upside that he had two years ago. And now there is a boatload of questions about who their quarterback is going to be. We think it's Purdy, but he's coming off arm surgery. They still have Trey Lance sort of floating around there. No, to me, Devo Samuel is another fade for me. Uh, and to kind of go back a little bit, you mentioned A.J. Brown as sort of a comparison. Devonta Smith going two rounds later. I understand what AJ Brown did last year with the 1500 yards. Um, and there was no bigger AJ Brown fan than I was. I paired him up with Jalen, uh, Jalen hurts in a billion leagues that I did last year. Uh, Devonta Smith's the guy that I want this year. I, I'd rather take Devonta Smith in round three than AJ Brown in round one. I'll, um, I'll say the same thing for Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. If you look, and if you look at Devonta Smith and AJ Brown with, when Dallas Goddard was healthy last year, AJ Brown was getting eight targets a game. Devonta Smith was getting 7.7. 7. 
Is that worth two rounds of draft capital to you, John? I don't not know. Not to me. me. Not no. to me at all. And, and Devonta Smith, you mentioned, has that field stretching ability. And that dude is a freak, right? Like electric speed, great route running, great hands. He's the best wide receiver to come out of that draft class for a reason. Uh, and, and they just paired him up with like another really good wide receiver in AJ Brown. Uh, I just feel like this season we may, we may see Smith take that next level. And AJ Brown, I feel like, has sort of peaked. I think what we got last year, probably the ceiling for AJ Brown, unless Jalen Hurts really explodes um, into throwing the football. But I'd rather, like you said, take Devonta Smith at round three than AJ Brown round one. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, they're a round difference. I get where you're coming from there right. as well. Um, you know, I took Tyreek Hill in the first round of this draft. I was not, I was very skeptical of that. Miami Dolphins room last year because I we talked about it two top 20 wide receivers and then two was being taken as like QB 17 right. and you're like something doesn't, something doesn't add up here well what didn't add up was two was going way too late in drafts he should have been too. way too early um I like both of those wide receivers I think they could both be elite as long as that offense continues there but to the point of the running backs and wide receivers tandem there look at the back end of that first round then into the second round you see seven wide receivers go just one running back there end of first early second middle of the second round is where the running backs start coming off the board nick chubb goes to howard bender no shocker there i take tony pollard in the second round then we see derrick henry josh jacobs Brees hall finish the finish the second round there picks 22 23 24 derrick henry falling into the second round I, i gotta ask you again why he was an absolute beast last year people doubted him he was going way too late last year. You saw his ADP start moving up as we got closer to the start of the football season. He was moving into the middle of the first round, but he was end of first round for a lot of last year. Now he's end of second round for no reason that I can think of. Yeah, and this is also half PPR. So right. it's it's even his format, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I don't understand that. Uh, I don't see why, like Josh Jacobs as well. We're talking about in this format, Josh Jacobs was RB three. Derrick Henry was RB four. You know, like what am I? What am I missing with That's, these guys? Uh, Derrick Henry ran for fifteen hundred yards and thirteen touchdowns and career best thirty three catches, uh, three hundred ninety eight yards. And he did. He missed the game, right? They didn't play him in one of those games. So, like, if he played seventeen games, he's probably looking at four hundred plus receiving yards, maybe forty catches or, or thirty five catches, or whatever like that. So, ceiling involvement in the passing game, which was the biggest gripe, right? He's not involved in the passing game. He was. And he ran for 1,500 yards and had 13 touchdowns. So why exactly is Derrick Henry in the end of the second round? Josh Jacobs, to your point, career year rushing the football on a one-year deal again, another prove-it deal for him. Uh, Those feel like interesting values to me. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you got guys like Kevin Tompkins in here that are just never going to draft a running back at all, you know? So, uh, And for me, I took Jalen – I was just doing the math. I was looking at the running backs, and I was like, man, I like – a bunch of these guys, right? So I took Jalen Waddle there, knowing that somebody I like would get back to me. I ended up with Ramondre Stevenson, who the Patriots didn't add a back in the draft like everyone thought they would. All they signed was uh, James Robinson, who is fl- fl- flamed out with the Jets and flamed out with the Jags now. So right, so it's like I love a bunch of these picks in this range. Obviously, Mark Andrews, you know the upside's there for him, but Jalen Waddle, T. Higgins, and Devonta Smith, you're taking that quote unquote wide receiver two discount because they're wide receiver two on their own team. Yeah. Well, we said it during the draft while it was happening. 
you know, there were five teams that had two players in the top 20 for fantasy football. And all five of those teams were in there. And I don't see why they wouldn't be again with highly consolidated targets. So I'm down on that. I, I like I'm in uh, Chris Olave for next wide receivers off the board. Chris Olave, Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf. I like all three of those guys as well. John, you took Calvin Ridley there. Uh, walk us through that one. Cause I know, uh, you know, we like this player, but that is, hey, that's a lot of faith. That's a lot of faith. Yeah, listen, I, I I made that pick, and then so we, we tweeted out, like, what do you think of the draft board? And someone commented, like, sheesh, Calvin Ridley in the third round. Uh, yeah, listen, the last time he played a full season of NFL football, he had 90 catches, 1,300 yards, and nine touchdowns. And that was part of an offense that threw, like, a record amount of times. I completely understand that. Uh, but he claims he's ready to go. Uh, he claims he's fully healthy. He's in great shape. He's been working out. And we love the progression of what we saw last year out of the Jacksonville Jaguars offense. And Calvin Ridley, if he is as ready to go as he is, is a better wide receiver than they have on that roster right now. No, no, nothing to take away from Christian Kirk or Zay Jones. Great season last year, guys, but like an alpha's now there. Uh, I was willing to take the, the potential chance there on him um in in that spot so yeah you know what maybe it was to make a little noise maybe it was to make a chatter and have a conversation as well but i'm also okay with the player people are taking him there i think there's upside for him to be around or around better than where he's being drafted right now um and i was willing to take the shot yeah i like it man because i sit here my thought process at this stage of the game is similar to yours where i say who's the best wide receiver for a good quarterback. So I was getting teed up to take Ridley. Another guy, Amari Cooper, where I sit here and I say, hey, we, there's most people think Deshaun Watson's going to bounce back. Yeah. Uh, why, why not take Amari Cooper there? Uh, we got a couple minutes here left, John. What are some other picks uh, that you either liked or didn't like? I'll tell you right now when I didn't like uh, Greedo on the screen there. Uh, he's a better boss, Matt Deutsch, the, our boss here. He knows I love Chigakonkwo, reached for him 30 picks just to, drive me nuts that really honestly truly messed up my strategy right so didn't love that because i asked you i was like listen coops through nine rounds no tight ends yet like what's going on here i was waiting for my guy he basically is like you know in super smash brothers where you play as donkey kong and you can grab guys and 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 jump over the edge and and kill both of you, yeah. you and them that's basically what he did to both of our teams right there because he reached a little bit too high on a tight end but he took the tight end i needed for my build yeah. So he kind of smoked us both there. There weren't a ton of guys left I loved. I ended up taking Dalton Schultz, who has the opportunity, but he doesn't have the athleticism. So thank you very much for that. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'll make one comment here. Again, we only got a minute or so left. Uh, we talked about it during the draft, but I took Dalvin Cook in the fifth round. Yeah. I, I, I If he stays in Minnesota and doesn't get moved, it's, a, it's an absolute steal. Right? Yeah. Like They're not going to play Alexander Madison over him. If he doesn't get traded, he's their lead back. 1,200 yards, potential 10 touchdowns, and 40, 50 catches in that offense. Why is he a fifth round running back? I don't understand, but sometimes the community knows, right? There's a reason why he's going here. If there's some sort of in insight or, uh, you know, thing that I don't know about. Okay. But give me Dalvin cook in the fifth round every single time I'm drafting. I'll take him. I'll take Joe Mixon. Sounds like Joe Mixon's going to be there, man. So, uh, yeah, so that'll about do it for us. You guys, if you, uh, look, you know, listen to this. You went on Fantasy Alarm uh, or go to at Fantasy Alarm on Twitter and see the draft board, and you think we're a bunch of idiots. Well, guess what? We're doing drafts with people. Go to Underdog and sign up with promo code Fantasy Alarm. The match up to 100 bucks, and then 
go over to the Fantasy Alarm Discord. We're going to change some things around today, create a best ball channel. We're going to start doing them with Fantasy Alarm members. Me, John, Howard Bender, Jim Bowden is going to join us for a few. Uh, we're going to start doing them with you guys. Yeah. And if you look at this board and you think it's you think you're better, get in there. And we're going to talk trash. It's going to be a lot of fun. So yeah. make sure you jump in with us. It's going to be a blast. Yeah, right. get in, get in the get in our Discord. Listen, sign up below, fantasyslam.com slash all pro, 50% off promo code NFL50 right now. You get a seven-day free trial. You get in our premium Discord. Coop and I are in there talking ball all day. Yeah. Uh, so I see all these you know in chat here. Don't end, don't end with the stream. Uh we're only here for an hour every Wednesday, but maybe we'll start coming on more, Cooper. As we get closer to football season, we got plenty more to talk about. Uh, so that's it for us. Get in the Discord, sign up, download the Better Sports Network app. Uh, free in your iTunes and Google Play Store. Coop and I will be back next week. Talk to you all later.